Hello, and welcome to Rhyme and Reason, Edinburgh University Hip Hop Society's very own radio show. We're your hosts. I'm Sam. I'm Ramsey. And we're going to be here bi-weekly, bringing you some fresh music and discussing a range of different topics in hip-hop. This week, as usual, we're going to start off with some new releases, followed by a roundup of the latest news in hip-hop, and then we're going to have a bit of a deep dive into more of the business aspects related to hip-hop. So we're going to discuss things like contracts, um, look at some more recent developments like NFTs and how that's affecting the industry. Uh, but first of all, that new music. Uh, Ramsey, what have you brought this week? Uh, this week, I'm bringing you Scatterbrain by Conway the Machine, featuring Ludacris on JID. I haven't heard it yet, so it's the first time I'm hearing it. Uh, I don't know if you've... Nope, same for me. Okay, uh... let's go. On the road, connect FaceTime said he just said the last of my load. The sh- my neck that come from the packs that I sold. I never went platinum or gold. You still fuck with him and you know he a rat and he told. Love when you talk stupid, cause that's when shots went down and he clapped at his pole. Trust me, that doesn't bode well for a nigga. It's gonna be victims on the street. Nigga, boy, you know the difference. Hand around the throat of the rap game and I'm bold constricted. My soul is missing in the top spot. I got soul position. Man, this hoe is tripping. She think I wanna taste the pussy. I ain't taste the like a cold symptom. I'm a soul. Yeah, I got no resistance with a cold 45 gold edition. I'm a dope magician, niggas disappearing if I hear him dissing Killer engineering, kill nigga mixing in the six Niggas still flipping Nixon, second strike they finna Billy Clinton Red and white he got the blues, turn him into food Everybody grip a biscuit, running lights inside the city limits I'm excited, Molly shouted, she this shit Then we inside of something simple with suicidal Finish the sentence, door closed, chop the head off a chicken More is cold if I'm talking, I'm clicking Lights flicking, tell him hold your position Money motivated, mind on the mission Straps in the lap in the pack, got a lock on the back of the cap in the doze I lit a match for the torch in the Game for the real because only the fake is exposed. Scraping the plate, breaking the bowl, making the shake, taking it home. I'm in the A with the case, so come on if you crazy. Cold ass world going out, guns blazing. Going out, guns blazing. Cold ass world, just get done flavoring. World gone mad, even my son baping. I'm in my bed, bro. I'm done playing with you. Getting rich outside like a space in the 80s. Spot jumping like Tracy McGrady. Ten chains on, the face looking crazy. I still get a paycheck from Shady. Yeah, I got my reasons, yeah. My little nerves is demons, yeah. Uh-huh. They pull up and shoot for no reason, yeah. I got my reason, yeah. I got my reason. I got my reason. I got my reason, yeah, I got my reason, yeah, I got my reason, yeah, I got my reason, yeah. I got my reason, yeah. You so thirsty, you drinking poison, new. You ain't gangster, stop kidding around, bring the toys in, nigga. Luda's your daddy, you should be happy I'm giving you playtime. But none of you rappers could see me, not even if I was to pick up on FaceTime. You wasting time hating on another real when you could be making money yourself. Featherweights, I make them levitate, get spanked with the heavyweight belt. And the crowd goes wild. Pre two, tell them throw in the towel. Cocaine is a hell of a drug, like Rick James, have a coke and a smile. Fuck your couch and your whole existence. You leaving your family and the kids defenseless. Headed to an early grave, now you dead and broke. Life beat them senseless, get it? Bow down to rap's dignitary. Cause Luda always been a visionary. I always knew you was a bitch. So I just read your obituary. Yeah, I got my reasons, yeah. My little nurse is demons, yeah. They pull up and shoot for no reason, yeah. 
Yo. That was that one, so good. Oh that was God. insane. No, that was insane. I wasn't expecting... Um, I, I, I'm a sucker for when like rappers trade verses, you know, one and yeah. then the other jumps on immediately yeah, after yeah, no yeah, hook yeah. in between. Yeah. I wasn't expecting <laughs> that to then go back to Conway after Jid. Oh, wow. No, I'm... One, like, ludicrous on J.I.D. on a song, like, I was... That's something I was never expecting. But, like, mm. crazy tune. <laughs> the flow as well, like, Conway's flow on that. I mean, I think we talked a little bit about Griselda last week, because I was shouting out Benny the Butcher. Um, but, yeah, I think out of the Griselda guys, Conway is, I think, far and away the best lyricist. Like, he just... He is a machine. <laughs> That's the name, I guess. <laughs> I think this is like my first. I don't really listen to Conway the Machine. Mm, okay, I've listened oh, to ballads. Is that the one that Jid's on as well? Yeah, it doesn't have that many plays as well, like Spotify. Yeah, the whole Griselda gang are kind of like almost like a modern day Wu Tang. Mm. In that it's all kind of uh, like drug or, or coke rap, but it's like heightened to such ridiculous levels that it's just silly. <laughs> um so it, like it sounds really hard and like savage but also like they're just saying the most ridiculous and outlandish things um you know like like a caricature of the most out there um gangster or mafia figure you can imagine and it's just and then combined with these really grimy dirty beats um it's just yeah it's just this perfect combination fair enough what have you got for us this week Okay, uh, so my first song I brought is Carving Tablets by BVA, uh, some UK hip-hop, so let's check that out. Kids that drop girls before they've even had their first snip. 
Ever since the days of the shotty music All we really gave a fuck about was raw new shit Rats, my reality This thing is not a game It's like that I'm living Rats, my reality I make it Not bad. <laughs> I mean, it's not the music like I listen to, though. I don't mm-hmm. think like I would sit down and like, yeah, play this. I don't know. I have yeah. mixed reviews about it. That's fair. It's like, it's like it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's very much the the style I, I've really been getting into recently. So I, I think probably... Uh, UK hip hop is actually pretty just you know because of how big grime is and how big drill is now in the UK the kind of the actual UK hip hop genre is quite overlooked but it's actually very much more like that classic 90s boom bap style yeah um and, and I recently came across uh high focus records in the UK who are a whole label who basically just do this style of music um and yeah I mean I've, I've been absolutely loving it but uh I think I said before in the last episode that's really kind of my bag. It's the classic kind of soul boom bap beats, and then just just bars yeah. over the top. No, this is no, I don't like it. <laughs> it's like um, it's like a Fair mixed. Enough. It's a mixed uh, feeling. I think mm-hmm. like it's it's chill. It's a chill song. It's something that I would have on like my maybe chill playlist, but it's yeah. not something I would like come to every day. Like I would go to every day. So like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, oh, fair enough. I think my, I think yeah, my whole playlist at the moment is dominated by this and stuff like this. Have you got got anything else uh, new this week, Ramsey? We've got Buzz Cut by Brockhampton. Street, walking the beat like Abbey Road. Truth be told, no such thing as real smile. 
straight. think while like in the middle of that song was we are gonna really have to censor this for the broadcast <laughs> yeah i thought it was in like i like songs that have like a beat switch towards the end mm. so like i thought it was ending and then yeah it wasn't yeah no i, I to be fair I, I really enjoyed that one um i mean i love danny brown and i find brockhampton hit or miss what are your thoughts on brockhampton i don't know i've had people like try to get me to listen to Brockhampton, but nah. Yeah, that, I mean, I really like the original Saturation trilogy, because um, it was this really interesting mix of really stuff that sounds really aggressive like this with more softer songs. Um, but in since then, I've been, so I really like, they had that album Iridescence, which sounded a lot like this. It was very kind of sonically aggressive i guess yeah, and like quite discordant violent. yeah um yeah but then they the, the so i, I like that in the direction they were going then they had one after ginger which felt super poppy trying to get on the radio sounding um so i've only i've played through this album once and it is much more like this in sound which i'm much more in favor of um so i'll have to give it a few more spins but i'm, I'm quite liking this so far Mm, no, <laughs> I don't think Brockhampton are for me to be. <laughs> yeah, fair. no, it's not a, not a good week for you, Ramsey. Uh, no, I th- see. I, I think though, like, I I like the sound and how it's kind of in your face. Um, but so in comparison, so to the last song with with BBA, I I love. I I, I wouldn't say I like. Oh, it's weird. I like how this is delivered, but I don't like how it sounds. It's like a discordant sound. Yeah, but I like the track as a whole. But then on previous song i could just listen to that instrumental by itself yeah. you know just on a loop and then almost the wrapping on top is like icing on the cake yeah does that make sense yeah yeah yeah. no like i mean it's, a, it's not a bad song and they're not a bad group i feel like it's one that i would put in like kind of like hype playlist hype or like gym yeah yeah, it, would, it wouldn't be like chilling after a day at work. Yeah. Just yeah. sticking down. Unless you've had a really bad day, then maybe <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, well, what's your next one? Okay. Uh, yeah, my final new song I brought is yet again more Freddie Gibbs. Uh, it's Big Boss Rabbit by Freddie Gibbs. I didn't challenge me with their somewhat prim- primitive skills. They're just as good as dead. Slant, Big Mac 11, back of the seven on some boss I put that president on my wrist and I got frosty. Stack it like Pringles, you want a single, it's gon' cost you. Slow on the hair and I don't sell them, they just do off. Man, my 
jewelry like some laser beams. Step out with your lady, shoot some enemies on a Maybelline. Overdoses, total, cut the cocoa with the ketamine. Doping, ibuprofen in my bowl, I got them recipes. Boss, shooter like stuff I just hit for free and I wasn't even looking. Your favorite rapper just hit the stage, don't give you about the book. Niggas in love, but just keep a piece of me, I just keep it pushing. My baby mama knew the job was crooked before they took it. Can't train records if we run this shit. Just touch down in the airport, Louis V backpack full of them hundreds. Bitches. Cleaning that McQueen, ho, I'm a gangster, not no lover, bitch. Grammy at the party, if you rock it like we won the bitch. Boss, Big Mac 11, back of the 7 on some boss. I put that president on my wrist and I got frost. Stack it like Pringles, you want a single, it's gon' cost. CEO, rabbit, young Freddie Kane, I'm on some boss. Big Mac 11, back of the 7 on some boss. I put that president on my wrist and I got frost. Stack it like Pringles, you want a single, it's gon' cost. Pull up to your funeral room and shoot up your fucking cough. I blow your house up with that honey drum. No hot 100, I'm a hot boy with some murder ones. Cash money came, big number one son, and you my youngest son. See my first crackhead like that beamer back in 91. I've been on the places, you fuckers rockin' the gummy face. Open up my cup with this active, it's like some lemonade. This nigga's a big VL, if you violate, you a renegade. Know them trigger fingers ain't after type on your Twitter page. Freddy Krueger, P90 Ruger, I'm creeping on them. They say they ain't losing sleep, tell them I'm sleeping on them. Got heavy traffic, the neighbors might call the people on them. Surround your car with their eyes, I put the Reaper on them. Death wish, future with that automatic shot, that's a death kiss. Looking to be pulling through, so I aim up for the next hit. Fly with it on me, I got my Vicky on the jet. They ready to set it off, and I put that on the bitch. Big Mac 11, back of the 7 on some boss. I put that president on my wrist, and I got frost. Stack it like Pringles, you want a single, it's gon' cost. CEO, rabbit, young Freddy Kane, I'm on some boss. Big Mac 11, back of the 7 on some boss. I put that president on my wrist, and I got frost. Stack it like Pringles, you want a single, it's gon' cost. You look to your funeral room and shoot up your fucking cough. I think, I think that was definitely my favorite one of them all. Nah, I, th- I think Scatterbrain was mine. Yeah. Okay. Did, did, did you like this one though, or, or not? I did. It had a good beat. Had a really good beat. I think. Mm. Yeah. I I really like so the so after he lost the the Grammy to Nas, he he put this out a few days later. Um, he actually used in the song, which I really like, the sample. Uh, from a really famous Nas song uh, called You're the Man. And he's used the same sample in here as like homage. Um, uh, I don't know if, if we just play a, a few seconds of You're, yeah, You're the Man yeah, just because yeah. the sample is really uh, 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 played up for you now. Yeah. They plan was to knock me out the top of the game. But I understand they truth is all lame. I hold cannons that shoot balls of flame. Right in a fat mouth, then I call my name. Nas, too real. Nas, too yeah, what, so I like what he's done there. He's, I think it's the exact same sample, just sped up ever so slightly, then with a completely different drum drum loop over the top of it. But uh, yeah, I really, I thought that was a pretty classy move. Okay, should we move on to news and updates? Um, yeah. What are we starting with? Yeah, well, I think the major one, obviously, is uh, DMX passing away. Um, so rest in peace to, to DMX. He died on April the 9th, I think. Is that, is yeah. that right? Yeah. Um, so I think Anthony had a he had he had OD'd unfortunately, and then then had a heart attack following that. Um, so yeah, I mean, so it's, it's a massive loss to hip hop. Obviously, he's absolutely like legendary in in the industry. I think he's still the only artist to have five consecutive number one albums <laughs> yeah two of which were released in the same year as well so that's that's impressive um i mean did, did you listen to much dmx ramsey growing up no not really like mainly like the i mean the popular songs 
uh, mm-hmm. Rough Riders anthem. Okay, I'm a big fan of Swiss Beats. I've, like growing up, I was a big fan mm-hmm. of Swiss Beats, and Swiss Beats did a lot of production for for DMX. Yeah. So I, in that sense, I kind of, yeah, I kind of got introduced to DMX through Swiss Beats, but I didn't like fully like focus on like DMX. No. Yeah, I, I think I'm much the same. I only actually listened to it's dark and hell is hot which is his his first album about a year and a half ago maybe um and that's still probably the only one i've played the most i haven't listened to much of his other stuff other than yeah, yeah you know like the really big hits like um uh x gonna give it to you where's the hood at etc um but i mean yeah i mean i love it's dark and hell is hot but i somehow yeah. just kind of miss listening to him yeah um, but it's, in- it's incredible like the number of like videos that have surfaced on like social media about him and like clips of him like just doing nice things like everything that came out like all the clips were just like him doing amazing things him mopping up the floor late night at a restaurant him like him like chilling and playing with fans him playing with Mm. kids in the park like it's crazy it's really nice yeah, I, it's funny. I had a a friend say when I when I mentioned um, he he died at well he was an awful person yay and yeah. um, which I thought was an interesting comment. I mean he's uh, I, I know I know what you mean. All these stories about him on a personal level are very nice, yeah. um, but then his his music is uh, you know early two thousands had a lot of homophobic lyrics as was was very common in, in hip hop at the time, which doesn't excuse it but you know that's something to call out but then also incredibly again like a lot of hip-hop incredibly violent stuff um lots of misogyny but i think the interesting thing about dmx was he never claimed to be uh someone to emulate someone to follow and he i think had this incredible talent for being this massive kind of bravado and in your face and aggressive and even just his delivery right and his presence like how he just like shouts um but also with just that same passion that shouting that aggressive delivery also just like saying the most heartbreaking stuff about his life and just about (laughs) suicidal thoughts and um you know his am i gonna go to hell when i die like he his music um at least on the album i've listened to is very much it feels almost like he is bearing all of himself really nakedly like the really good and the really bad all at the same time um and i mean you know probably not necessarily a a great person but i think it's also important to, to think about his background and how that influenced his life and his art um so he was Basically, he was his his father wasn't in the picture, and his mother was abusive. Um, so, and and this sounds made up, but he wandered the streets at night and befriended stray dogs. That was kind of his thing. <laughs> no um, way. Which started his yeah yeah. So I was I was doing like a bunch of reading on him after he died about his early life, and um, that kind of started his lifelong affinity with with dogs. And I read the story about how he he trained some of his dogs so well. Um, that in a in a like a street rap battle, he had trained them to bark on command. So he used the dogs to ad lib for him. So like, no he would way. get to point in music, and the dogs would bark <laughs> in unison. Okay, that's one crazy. I don't. That's one I don't believe. Though <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's no, one. Well, it was like a rapper like... friend who was there was like, no, no, this this legit happens. Um, 
but well, anyway, I, I choose to believe it because <laughs> it's a great story. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, also he then there's when the, the tragedy side comes in. I think we were both talking about this recently, weren't we? How there was this interview he did a few years ago um, on Talib Kweli's podcast. And he kind of told the story about how when he was 14 and, you know, he, he wasn't in his, his own house, he was out in the streets. And this guy he looked up to who introduced him to hip hop, um, yeah. he, he would beatbox this guy and this guy and said, oh, no, you should start rapping too. And then this was the guy who first, at the age of 14, gave him uh, a crack laced blunt. And that was his first introduction to, to crack at the age of 14 and that is and, and mm. in this interview he just kind of breaks down crying doesn't he it's really heartbreaking yeah that's like um, one of the saddest stories i've like read in recent times yeah like, honestly because like he didn't know um, as well like he didn't know yeah. and, like found out later that after like you know <laughs> after like, mm. getting addicted you find out that right. oh like the the, the weed i smoke got laced with crack yeah and and as he says, it's this this guy was someone he looked up. This was a father figure yeah, to him, like someone a, a he looked mentor. up to and loved. And I mean, that was such a heartbreaking story. And you know, it started his lifelong problem with drugs, right? So it was like, yeah. mainly crack, but other things too. Um, and he never, I guess, unfortunately, never quite got over it. It seemed like in the last few years, he was really doing better. Um, and I think, I believe, he he completed an album before he died. Um, so yeah, so, that, yeah you know, that might like, come out soon yeah something to look forward to I think yeah should we play a track for respect for DMX okay I've got Rough Riders Anthem yeah it's classic let's go for it sub no Okay. 
papers. Chickens caught the vapors and now they wanna rape us. Stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop. From those first few, the, like the first few notes that come in at the beginning of the song, it's like, I don't know, timeless, <laughs> I guess. Um, but what have we got in other news? Um, so there's a new Brockhampton album, but we've we've discussed that one. Um, another major thing uh, is the Kanye West documentary. Ooh. So Netflix has bought a doc series uh, about Kanye West, um, which so basically, he's been filming for 21 years. Uh, he, he's got the guy, I think, directed some of his first music videos. Um, and he's just always just following him around with a camera. Yeah. And Netflix have basically bought the rights to make a documentary out of this. Uh, so, I mean, that's going to be insane, probably. Yeah, right? like, I did hear that he always has someone in the studio, like, recording. And yeah. also, like, there was a time when he had, like a bit of like social media beef with like Taylor Swift and there was like a recording of him calling her on the phone. Yeah, I remember and also, that. Like, I don't know, I've seen like on YouTube, I've seen like dope recordings of like other artists reacting to his songs that he plays. Yeah. Like, Timbaland has that like, dope reaction yeah. to probably Stronger as well, like because Timbaland did have uh-huh. like, I think Timbaland did the drums on Stronger and Pharrell reacting to Never Let You Down, which is like one of my favorite. Yeah, I've seen the Pharrell one. songs. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's crazy when you think. So yeah, so he always has someone there in the studio filming. So that's yeah. at least four kind of classic albums. Um, that it would be amazing to be to see the behind the scenes of. I think the one that I'm most interesting in, interested in would be My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Oh. Just because the whole climate around that, right? So it was after the Taylor Swift at the Grammys um, fiasco from... Uh, have you ever listened to the Dissect podcast, Ramsey? I know of it, but I've never like listened mm-hmm. to it, no. So it's... Yeah, so he, he basically the guy in it breaks down... Uh, it's a whole season of episodes each now along breaking down just one album. And he does one on on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, and the background around it is so interesting because it was after this he kind of Kanye went into self imposed exile in Hawaii, I think, <laughs> and he just rented this, a studio there for months, I think like two or three months, um, and locked himself up there, and brought a bunch of you know the hottest artists at the time to come and work with him, yeah. um, and then came back with one of the best hip hop albums of all time, I think, and. 
just just to see the behind the scenes of that would be absolutely amazing yeah that's true i'd like to see like the behind the scenes of like monster for example the song monster yeah like, Nicki Minaj i'd like, like to see everyone reacting of... to each other's verses would yeah be... i'd like to see everyone's reaction to like Nicki minaj's rap rap on that album because that was like one of the best yeah. verses of all time to be fair to be fair to her yeah one of the best definitely definitely and I think as well the the recent years the um you know where he kind of went off the deep end it would be really interesting to get a behind the scenes perspective of what was going on there exactly yeah although I think from what I understand Kanye's not actually involved in the creative process of the doc which is probably a good thing I feel like <laughs> if he had creative control he would definitely it would be very look at this incredible amazing flawless human being whereas someone else would probably say yeah this guy's amazingly talented but also look at all these crazy parts Kanye doesn't want you to see um, that's what I imagine anyway when does it come out? That there's no uh, set date at the moment but it's set for release later this year uh. so yeah and, and there's a whole season on Netflix not like a, a documentary movie so that's going to be really exciting Okay, so moving on from news, uh, I think we're going to take a bit of a look to begin with at um, some business aspects of hip-hop. The first of those, we're going to look at NFTs. Um, so this is something I don't really know anything about. So Ramsey, first of all, what is an NFT exactly and why is it why is it relevant to music and hip-hop more specifically? NFTs are non-fungible tokens and it's really just proof of ownership at its basic level essentially using blockchain technology to prove ownership of a virtual good. What is fungibility exactly? So fungibility is the ability of an asset to be exchanged or substituted with something similar or of the same value. Like for example, you may have like five one pound coins and you can go to the supermarket and exchange it for a five pound note. Yeah. But like NFTs on the other hand, they're non-fungible, which means like they can't be substituted. For example, like you can't, the Mona Lisa is an original piece of art. Therefore, you, like it can't be substituted for one that you'd find in the gift shop of the Louvre. Mm, okay. So is it so similar to how that you can make copies of the Mona Lisa, but they're only ever going to be copies. They're not the Mona Lisa. Yeah. And something with an NFT you can make copies of it, but it's still not that original copy, that original Mona Lisa, so to speak. Yeah. Okay, this all like comes from the fact that digital art has been like undervalued for like a long time, mm. in large part because it's like freely available on the internet. Yeah. So NFTs help artists create the financial value for their work. NFTs have the feature of scarcity. And some collectors, if they okay. know like they have if they know the original version of something exists, they would prefer the original version to copies of it. Yeah. So so is it almost an attempt to make digital art more like, uh, for example, when music was far more physical, uh, people who collect vinyl, for example, uh, you might have a rare pressing or something that's you know no longer pressed, so that creates value. And currently that doesn't happen for digital art, but is this a way to try and bring that same principle in? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. it all ties into the metaverse, which is uh, mm -hmm. 
a term that I at least coined from the Vinkovos twins. I don't know if you've heard, you've probably heard of the Vinkovos twins from the social network. Yeah. So they're huge influencers in the crypto space and they coined the term the metaverse, which is essentially everything offline as we know it, moving online, mm. moving into like buying digital art. Yeah. Okay, no, that that, that makes sense. So w- why is it um, relevant to music, I guess, and, and hip-hop more specifically at the moment? I think it gives artists a chance to create more financial value from their, from their streams with the rise of streaming. Like, artists don't make that much from streaming. And the beauty of NFTs is that you can also set terms with it. So, like, the original creator can get a percentage upon like each resale of the of the nft so this essentially allows artists to monetize as much as possible without the middleman taking a cut so it's essentially decentralizing okay. the industry so are we seeing so I, I think i saw in the news recently the weekend had recently sold sold an nft music so is it, is it a trend that is becoming more um more popular at the moment then yeah he planned he did plan on like holding an auction to sell an nft uh in the form Mm. of a song an unreleased song so the owner of the song would be the only one in the world with that song it's interesting i can definitely see artists um particularly someone like kanye for example you know who uh (laughs) what do you say about him he clearly values his art you could see him being, oh, I'm going to make this one unique song that one person gets to own and I'm going to charge yeah. a lot of money for it. You can totally yeah, see yeah, that yeah. happening. There's like a lot of money like being put in NFTs. For example, Banksy, mm-hmm. the famous artist, sold his NFT for 400k. Uh, Jack Dorsey's first tweet, Jack Dorsey's the CEO of Twitter. The current mm-hmm. bid on his first tweet is 2.5 million <laughs> that's insane that yeah, is absolutely insane. insane so so what are the pros and cons to i guess both artists and consumers like why why might an artist not want to do it and for your, your listeners I, I can see immediately some cons you, an artist you love might release a song and you don't get to hear it because someone bought that one-time nft but outside of those those factors are there other issues i would say to consumer i would say the, the benefits mainly for the artists like fair compensation mm-hmm. to artists because they will set they're yeah. able to like set the terms but like a, f- a few cons is that at least most marketplaces you cannot verify that the person creating this nft is the original creator of it so right which which can be a problem so i guess that's alleviated somewhat if if it's someone enormous right like kanye or or like the like the weekend you kind of know it's them because they've tweeted, I'm going to sell this. I've made an NFT. I'm going to sell it. But I guess if it is something that becomes more common, um, smaller artists, it would be much tougher to verify, I guess. And is that kind of how, yeah. how you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Plus also like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can own the, origi- the original song or the original piece of art, but you can't keep people from sharing it online or like editing it online, which is a bit of a, Right, but yeah, disadvantage I would say. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting when it comes in like that because it's almost like for for collectors, someone who's into collecting, it would be very attractive. But anyone else can just go and get it. Yeah. So it, 
makes you wonder what the market's like, but then I suppose people, like I mentioned, will go and buy records still, despite anyone can just stream it, because people like to have to own a thing, right? I know I yeah. I recently got into record collecting, and I, I because I miss the physical experience of having music and being able to own my CDs or, or you know, actually the physical aspect of listening to something and that ownership does feel important. So I can totally see people wanting to do that despite it also being on streaming and knowing as well that they're yeah. supporting their, you know, their favorite artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, could you see artists who would release NFTs but then also have stuff on streaming as well and it being... I guess, like how vinyl is at the moment, an additional thing to support this person if you want to. Yeah, I, I think it would be an additional like source of income, not like a main mm. source of income because you can't completely cut off like everyone. You need these people for, you're gonna you're, you're still going to need the streams. <laughs> yeah. You're still going to need to, you know, gain popularity. I mean, streaming is a very small part of their income. They get their, most of their income from the live concerts and the touring. So I would say in addition mm. to mm. like, the touring and the streaming merchandise like this is an additional like way for them to make money and i guess with reference to that specifically it's, it's a time when artists are probably realizing how vulnerable that income source is if you're relying on touring yeah. and yeah. shows right now and that's where you're making all your money you're probably a bit wor worried about the future it takes a lot for artists to like clear their mixtapes for the samples they use in their mixtapes for example Mm -hmm. We could see a trend of artists investing a lot to clear those samples and then releasing the mixtapes as NFTs. That's a really good point. Imagine Mac Miller's estate releasing faces as, a, as an NFT. That would be crazy. Like there'll be, there's certainly a lot of people who would pay thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not millions, to own that one that one mixtape. Yeah. Because you're right. I mean, a big reason as well, a lot of stuff is, you know, gets removed from Spotify is things weren't cleared, samples weren't cleared, and um, they they were that was recognized. And they had to pull it. Or I saw Danny Brown um, for his album Atrocity Exhibition. He barely made any money off that album um, because he used he they spent tens of thousands clearing samples because it's such a sample heavy album, and then his sales just weren't strong enough to support it. So you can really see a situation like that, exactly where they, you know, they've invested a hell of a lot of money in clearing samples. Yeah. So then they'll put up a bunch of NFTs for sale to try and recoup that cost, and their, yeah. their their fans who are really passionate about them will probably then go and support them that way. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting then if we look at NFTs and how that serves to to some extent democratize music and give creators more control over their art. Um, and their creations and especially if we contrast that to the more traditional um, artist label contract structure the traditional structure you know is very much the the artist starts out independent have fully have full ownership over everything they make and then a label comes along and says you know we, we have the money to get you out there we have the platform to get you out there but we're going to take a cut and I think then particularly in hip-hop as well that cut comes with exploitation um, and written into contracts that people don't really understand all these rules, requirements. You, you, know, you see really big artists all throughout hip-hop popping up and saying, finding out years later, oh, I don't own my art anymore. I don't have the rights to, 
sell it or I'm getting a really tiny cut out of this money and I didn't even realize how much money I should be making. But the label's taking all of that. Yeah, and I think that's also a trend within the music. You see a lot of... There's this really big drive, I think, especially through artists in the culture who have that more um, father figure, maybe that's the wrong word, but that kind of very respected senior figure type vibe, people like Jay-Z, who, or Kanye, maybe less so with how he's gone off the deep end in the last years, but particularly Jay-Z, he's always talking in his music about the importance of owning your art and particularly owning your masters. And there's also quite often the uh, metaphor used of owning your, you know, your masters owning your masters and linking it almost to, you know, the modern day slavery of the label, owning all your stuff, owning your masters. Um, I, I think he has a line in uh, on 444 where he said, you know, he's talking about Prince, I think. And he said, do you think, you think he wanted the masters with his masters? Uh, yeah. So I think actually, uh, I've been talking for a little while, so we'll play that one for you now. That's Caught in Their Eyes by Jay-Z and Frank Ocean. so good with the visa, good with that Lisa. Talking about that Lisa, good with that Lisa, good with that Lisa.
So yeah, so I think in that traditional structure as well, there are really interesting examples of how artists have got around that. And um, I think one of my favorite ones is uh, NWA. Um, so, you know, back when they first uh, came about and they were signed by a guy called Jerry Heller, uh, who was a some label executive. I don't know his, his exact title or anything like that. But he approached Eze and started a relationship with him and then signed the rest of the group through that. Um, but the whole reason really around the fallout for the group was eventually around disputes around contracts and ownership of their music and what they were paid. So you had both Ice Cube and, and Dr. Dre each left the group due to different issues with their contracts. And I did some reading on it and it seems like Neither of them sued the, the either Jerry Heller or Easy or Ruthless Records afterwards. So there was probably nothing illegal going on, but they were probably heavily exploited and their their contracts took advantage of them not really knowing how the industry works or the business works. Um, and even Easy eventually parted ways with Jerry Heller after uh, before his death, rather. Um, and, you know, Ice, Ice Cube released No Vaseline, that really, uh, you know, classic diss track. Um, and he was very blatant in that about how Jerry Heller was just abusing the whole group and Easy was in on it too and and they were kind of scheming together. And uh, Dre uh, signed to Death Row Records um, and he had Suge Knight negotiate his release from his contract with Easy and Ruthless Records because Easy wouldn't let him go. And... Um, when I say negotiate, <laughs> yeah, very strong air quotes on the negotiate. So Suge Knight, if you don't know, was a a former Bloods, uh, you know, gang member, and he basically uh, got some of his guys, and they went round to to renegotiate with Easy his contract, and it involved, um, you know, some some baseball bats. I think is how the story goes. And after that, Easy was a bit more open to the idea of maybe Dre leaving and, and joining his other label instead. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's interesting to see this this contrast between this very traditional structure of the label being the the vehicle to your success and kind of leeching off and profiting off your art. And I think you've seen in recent years more and more artists able to arise independently. You know, people like Chance, people like Sabu, who we were talking about last week, they're entirely independent artists. And, and because of the internet has democratized to some extent how people can listen to your music, which has allowed more independent artists to thrive. But I think this sounds like almost the natural evolution of that, right? And allowing... Yeah artists to set their own terms in yeah. on their own music yeah so, so after that heartwarming story about some uh, negotiating tactics from nwa uh, we've got express yourself uh, from their first album straight out of compton 
I still express, yo, I don't smoke weed or sex Cause it's known to give a brother brain damage And brain damage on the mic don't manage nothing But making a sucker and you equal Don't be another sequel Okay, so thanks for joining us this week, guys. I think that's about all we've got time for. 
Um, next time, we're going to be discussing the art of sampling in hip-hop. Uh, to play us out, Ramsey, what have we got? Oof, there's so many to choose from. But I've got um, Hustlin by Rick Ross. And he is the father of one of my favorite subgenres of rap, and that's luxury rap. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm every day I'm every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling. Think you're fucking with I'm the fucking boss. 745, white on white, that's fucking Ross. I cut them wide, I cut them long, I cut them fat. I keep them coming back. We keep them coming back. I'm in the distribution. I'm like Atlantic. I got the motherfuckers flying across the Atlantic. I know Pablo, Pablo, Noriega, the real Noriega. He owe me a hundred favors. I ain't petty nigga. We buy the whole thing. See, most of my niggas really still deal cocaine. My roof back, roof back. My money ride. I'm on the pedal, show you what I'm running like. When they snatch black, I cry for a hundred nights. He got a hundred bodies serving a hundred lights. Every day I'm hustling. 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 Never steal cars, but we deal hard. Whip it real hard. Whip it, whip it real hard. I call the charge. I call the charge. Whip it real hard. Whip it, whip it real hard. Ain't by no funny shit. Steal riches and business. I'm on my money. Still whipping them beans. Major league. Who catching because I'm pitching? Jose can say go just snitching because he finished. I feed them steroids to strengthen up all my chickens. They flying over Pacifics to be specific. Triple C's, you know it's fact. We holding sex. So we gon' rap. Run and tell them that. Mo cars. Mo clothes. Mo clothes. Every day I'm hustling. 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 Time to spend my thrills, custom spinning wheels. I ain't drove in a week, them bitches spinning steel. Talk about me, cause these suckers scared to talk about me. Killers talking about me, it ain't no talk about me. It ain't no walking around me. See all these killers around me, lot of drug dealing around me, going down in dead county. Don't talk no 22. Magnum cost me 22. Sat it on her 22. Birds go for 22. Lil' mama super thin, she say she 22, she seen them 22, we in room 222. I touch work like I'm convertible birth, I got distribution so I'm converting the work, in the M.I.A. yo, them niggas rich off, steady slanging, my baby banging, every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm hustling.
Switzerland. <laughs>